0: here in the fast lane across the virginia talk radio network we are who are we efforting trey i'm about to call david because jerry didn't answer there we go thank you for the update because let's be honest we need any type of insight and analysis for covering the commonwealth that we can get particularly when it comes to (laughs) the acc and yes the history of cal and stanford in that particular conference especially i mean it is such gives a, the acc Sam, it, acc network san francisco that'd oh, be good you know such a coveted market because they care so much i do have a friend of mine who lives out in san francisco not exactly itching to get out there to san francisco but <laughs> guess what the acc might be out there and in the immortal words of the colleague of our next guest this is such a hashtag go acc move who is the colleague of our next guest find out right now
1: Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth. A look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with now to the Virginia Tech Hokies.
0: Hokey, hokey, hokey high. Can you tell we're calling it unprofessional audible here in the fast lane? Yes, you can. Much like the ACC. I have got to quote David Cunningham of TechSideline.com's colleague andy bitter who tweeted this out earlier today andy bitter vt is his twitter logo by there's twitter handle by the way that's something he's kept through x multiple x Uh, yep 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 gotta get it right trey his x logo or handle if that's what it's still being called this is such a hashtag go acc move if you've ever seen one does that sum up the words of david cunningham of techsideline.com well David, will let you opine on this. Would adding Stanford and Cal to the ACC be ironically fitting for a conference that, eh, why wouldn't we go out and add a West Virginia or a school that has a football or even a sports-passionate fan base? Let's just add two that make no geographic sense and really don't have much sports passion to go with them.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's very uh, hashtag go ACC, as Andy put it earlier. Uh, it, it's interesting because this is – I think the only reason that this is even a question is because of what happened with the PAC 12. That the PAC 12 is no longer essentially. There are four schools uh, that are essentially on their own and need a new home. And the ACC's, okay, well, we'll take a look at it. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a look at it. I don't see anything actually happening because I don't think it makes much sense. And I think the only way that anything really changes. For the better is if the Hokies, uh, if the Hokies, if the ACC can get Notre Dame to join the conference, which, as Andy made clear, isn't really happening. That's not Notre Dame is made clear it it, is, it does not want to join the ACC. It is staying independent. So bringing in Stanford and Cal, I don't I don't think it really does anything for the conference. It just makes travel a hassle. Uh, it doesn't really change much in terms of revenue, if anything. Uh, you We're know, probably going to lose a little bit more revenue. Um, that's not really what anybody wants. I think it's all kind of just uh, uh, a thing the ACC probably has to do because if it didn't, um, you know, it kind of it, it wants to be friendly, right? It wants to to be nice and say, "Hey, we'd love to help you and wor- work with you, and maybe you guys can come join us." But in the, rea- in, in the reality, I, I can't really see it happening just because there are so many logistical things that would have to happen and I think there are a lot of hurdles that just don't really make much sense especially if you care about the student athletes which I think we've seen might not be uh, the number one priority for a lot of people but but that's another another topic for another day
0: David Cunningham, TechSideline.com with us here in the Fast Lane. David, uh, to the on-field action itself, or speculating about the on-field action, Virginia Tech picked 11th in the ACC preseason poll ahead of the other school from the Commonwealth, but not by much. Are you okay with that, or are you upset that they didn't land anybody on the preseason All-ACC first team? I didn't vote for anyone. Uh, and that they weren't ranked very high. I actually had them higher than 11th, but not by much.
2: I don't think either surprises me, simply because, one, the All-ACC team, it's so, um, it, it's very tedious, it, it, mostly because a lot of it is just based on what people did last year, uh, and Virginia Tech didn't really do much last year. None of the players did. Uh, the Hokies were 3-8. Were and eight. I, I think it all makes perfect sense. I'm not losing sleepover. I don't think anybody in Blacksburg really is either. I think if you're picking the Hokies 11th, it kind of makes sense, right? That that's about where they should be based on last year's results. I think they could be a little bit higher, um, but it, I, I'm not surprised by it at all, and I'm not surprised by nobody on the All-ACC team. I, I think again, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Indeed, not a shock to anybody, as it never is when we get the great insight and analysis from David Cunningham of Tech Sideline. Dot com. David, last one for you, and we greatly appreciate your time. Your colleague, Chris Coleman of TechSideline.com, had his observations on the quarterback opening with Virginia Tech right now. And based on what he's seen, and it's not a lot, he's got Grant Wells ahead of Kyron Jones, particularly because of the passing element and the ability to handle that without making mistakes. You've seen practices as well yourself. What have you observed so far in the early going of camp?
2: Yeah, I, I think I have to agree with Chris and not just because he's my colleague, but I think Grant Wells is just an experienced passer. And I don't think Jones is high enough up. He he doesn't his level in terms of being comfortable in the passing game, yes, he's a more talented runner, but I don't think that is anywhere close to the gap that that you know I guess Wells is closer to Drones in the run game than Drones is to Wells in the passing game. And that's my take on it right now, and I think Chris would agree. And I think as of now, Grant Wells is the starter simply because I don't think Drones is as capable of a passer. And with this offensive line, a lot of question marks, I don't know how much you're going to be able to run the ball. I think you'd be much more comfortable with a quarterback that is able to pass the ball in a comfortable offense. A guy who's been here, he has experience in the college game. I think if the season started today, Wells would be the quarterback uh, that the Hokies would roll with. But I think Drones has a chance. I think Drones has to show improvement. Uh, but I think he might be a little turnover prone here and there. He is young. He doesn't have as much experience as Wells. And I think in the end, that might be the reason why, come September 2nd, uh, that Wells that gets the, gets the not a starter instead of Drones.
0: David, thank you for your perspective and insight. Always good to have it. And we appreciate your time today here in the Fastlane.
2: Sounds good, Ed. Talk to you next week.
0: And in reverse order, now to the Virginia Cavaliers with David Cunningham. No, not David Cunningham. He just left us. Jerry founder, Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe. Hootie, great to have you in the fast lane. Um, first off, focusing on Virginia. Picked last in the ACC preseason polls. I'll be the first to admit I had them last. I didn't have anybody on the first team ballot uh, for the ACC in terms of preseason polls from UVA. Um, do you have any issue with that or is it pretty reasonable just given what the team did or did not do last year?
1: think it was reasonable and expected Ed, I, I don't think anybody was surprised by that they when you have to earn that kind of status as, as far as a player and they didn't have anybody coming back who had uh, really done anything great last year in terms of making all ACC except for the punter Sparks who was pretty good and he was the all preseason punter but um, no, I think based on what happened last year three and seven uh you know an offense that still has to prove the kick and function in power five football uh a decent defense but you still got to score points i don't think any of that was a surprise and uh i don't i don't have any issue with that at all
0: Hootie, meanwhile bigger picture outside of the acc right now They're looking at adding Stanford and Cal. Is this not a typical ACC move where they're not only getting the leftovers, but it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for the ACC? Well, I, you
1: know, I've talked to some people, Ed, and I, I think there could be a, a, a silver lining in that if they add those teams. They're, uh, the pack, whatever it is remaining now, still owns a lot of media rights. Uh, which is worth money, and they have a apparently a pretty sweet Apple deal that they still can lean on. that would bring extra revenue to the ACC, so it's not like they wouldn't bring anything to the table. You still have the uh, East Coast, West Coast blend of, of the fan base, a TV base, and in addition to that, um, there's the potential that they could play some neutral site games in Las Vegas. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that they could bring to the table. I don't know that it will come about because it's uh, it seems far-fetched but, uh, you know, they've got to go somewhere and I, I think the ACC uh, that, it was, uh, Jim Phillips' goal was to find the ways to bring in more revenue into the conference and I think you know, this, this is a potential way to do that. I Again, I don't know all the logistics and and numbers and stuff of it, but from what I've heard, there's there's some possibilities there. I wouldn't blow that off.
0: There it is. Jerry Ratcliffe.com founder Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe providing some insight into the rumors as well that the ACC might expand in a unique and westward way. Jerry, thank you for your time today in the Fast Lane. We will keep it locked to JerryRatcliffe.com for more on the who's. Okay, yeah, thank you, man. See you next week. Indeed.
1: Now to... The Liberty
0: Flames. John Manson, a SeaOfRed.com founder, contributor, and reporter with us here in the Fast Lane. John, um, no other way to say this, but sad news coming yesterday with the announcement that Taj Boyd, the the Liberty Flames First year offensive lineman passing away as the Flames prepare for their upcoming first season. Uh we don't often do floor is yours type questions, but um I guess floor is yours about just how sad this is for Liberty and uh obviously an unexpected uh and very unfortunate curveball to say the least.
3: Yes, Ed. We- welcome back. Missed you last week. But yeah, it's it's uh very unfortunate news, tragic news. Uh Taj Boyd out of Chesapeake, Virginia, Oscar Smith High School, uh, helped him win two state uh, championships and uh, enrolled at Liberty back in uh, in the spring and, and was here for spring practice and, and was been with the team throughout the summer and, and into the early part of training camp and uh, you know it's just unfortunate news kind of started trickling out uh, late on the day Saturday and into the uh, early morning hours of Sunday and uh, obviously it's tragic for, for him and his family and, and you really feel for them, heart goes out to them, but uh, also for for the uh, Liberty football team, right? I mean, you hear it all over the country and, and certainly at Liberty, it's no different talking about uh, how the team is a family and, and that's how they've been the last, you know, several weeks, several months even, uh, pretty much just them at Liberty on, on campus right now and, and uh, to have one of your own to to be taken from you tragically, just 19 years old, uh, as you mentioned, completely unexpected, is uh, certainly gut wrenching to them. And, and you hate to even uh, think about or talk about football, but I'm sure that's what's in the minds of a lot of people: is is how do you, how do you move forward after this and, and prepare for a uh, a football season? But that's something that you know new head coach uh, Jamie Chavell has got to try to figure out is. Is how to navigate these uh these waters these uh typically uncharted waters for so many and and uh navigate that they uh kind of canceled uh media availability throughout the week and and uh we'll see uh when they're able to uh to speak to the media again right, when we're able to get back over there but uh, definitely um, uh, a, a tough situation for all parties involved.
0: John Manson from a sea of red with us here in the fast lane. And yes, to piggyback off that, and I'll emphasize the word schedule because these things are uh, very much able to change and understandably so that Friday is the next scheduled media availability. And it would just be Jamie Chadwell speaking on behalf of Liberty University. And again, totally understand and totally get uh, that particular decision. There is a football element like you mentioned to this, just the reality of this is happening right Right now, this tragedy unfolds as Liberty is preparing for the start of their season. What value, if any, and I would imagine there has to be some, but what value is there to this Liberty Flames program just from the human element of coping with this tragedy that it is a faith-based school, you have a faith-based coach, and largely a faith-based coaching staff, and while you know it's like BYU, it may not be 100% of the roster, uh, you know, fits the faith-based mold, a-, a large portion of it is you come to Liberty knowing that, and this is a time where you would lean on that.
3: Oh, oh, definitely. Without a doubt, Ed. And, and uh, you know, they, they've got some new counselors there that, that have been provided for the uh, student athletes and others that are, are uh, affected by this tragedy. And, and Ed Gomes, a spiritual advisor on, on staff there, uh, I'm sure he's been uh, leaned on heavily during this process, as well as others, you know, Jonathan Falwell. Pastor and Chancellor, and I'm sure plenty others. That you know, no, uh, no, um, nobody at, the, at their dispense as far as no uh, resource that they have, they they won't uh, go away from uh, providing those to these athletes and coaches. I mean, it affects them too, right? I mean, we we focus so much on the athletes, and, and rightfully so, right? I mean same age and things but but also the coaches can't imagine the, the weight that they're carrying knowing that they're uh you know ultimately responsible for 100 plus uh young athletes young student athletes uh, 18 to 24 years old you know every uh college head football coach around the country uh you know has their uh the you know these these parents of the players entrust them to to these guys and and uh, certainly a, a big weight, and a lot of times you don't think about uh, about that uh, as far as life and death type of situation, but unfortunately, it, it does happen, and uh, all too frequently, uh, more recently.
0: Indeed. It's sad when these things arise. There's no other way around it. Uh, but somebody helping us at least uh cope with discussing it, John Manson from a sea of red.com John, thank you for your time. We'll keep it locked to JC Manson and a sea of Red, your Twitter handles. Uh, thank you for the kind words about being back. I know most of our audience may not be glad to hear me back, but I'm glad at least someone is out there and we thank you for that today in the fast lane.
3: Thanks, Ed. Have a good one, man.
0: John Manson, ACFred.com with us here in the Fast Lane. When we come back, part two. Of covering the Commonwealth, Hillcats, NASCAR, a little Washington Commanders, and possibly going a smidge over. All that is still to come in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.